tonight. We're in chapter number 8, so you can be turning there, chapter number 8. I come off tonight and forgot my clock. Thankfully, the good news is this one has a clock in it. The bad news is it's in military time, (laughs) but I still know military time if I don't forget. (laughs) So it's right now 35 after 1800. (laughs) Uh, Chapter number eight. Chapter number eight. We have this chapter. It first verse is to do with the seventh seal. You remember when we covered the seals, that was in chapter 6, and then there was a parenthesis which included all of chapter 7. Chapter 6 ended with the sixth seal, and we'll not take time for time's sake to read that. You could read it while I'm talking if you like. Chapter 6, the sixth seal, the last seal. And you'll see there that that's a uh, description, really, of the time right before Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation. Chapter 7 opens up with this verse, excuse me, chapter 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, some folks look at that and they say that this is the introduction to the trumpets. I don't believe it is because right immediately following this, there's an introduction to the trumpets within the same chapter. As, as I showed you on that chart that I gave you, the sixth seal happens parallel with the seventh trumpet and the seventh vial. These all three, I believe, are recording the same time. And if you like to, when you go home tonight for your home homework, uh, look up those uh, passages. Of course, here is the seventh trumpet and then the Uh, the sixth seal is when the seventh trumpet and the seventh vial opens. The seventh trumpet we'll not look at until we get to chapter number, I think it's 10 and verse 15 or so. The the seventh uh, vial is not until we get to chapter 16. But you could look at that so you don't wait all that time. Look at that when you go home. Uh, And um, I think you can see why uh, I hold with the teaching. And uh, as I told you before, that was not an original uh, understanding that I had. It was taught to me as a student by a gentleman named Dr. Kenneth Gilman, who uh, was a student of 
John Walford. If you know anything about Bible prophecy, you'll know that that's probably one of the greatest Bible prophecy teachers during the 1900s. Now, let's look at this chapter tonight. This opening of the seventh seal. Remember, this is still the tribulation period. The tribulation period starts with, really, in chapter 4, but the uh, judgments do not begin until chapter 6, and they run through chapter 19. But this is still the 70th week of Daniel, as we call it. The 70th week is this last seven years is the tribulation period. And there again, that time is divided by a great parenthesis, which in Bible prophecy we study as the age of the church. That's been 2,000 years now that parenthesis has been uh, going on. We still live in that parenthesis. It will end with the rapture, which is recorded in chapter number 4. This chapter before us tonight, chapter 8, is divided into four different sections. And uh, I'll give you the sections. First of all, the, the first we'll look at the pause and then the preparation. And then and that preparation is for the trumpets. And then the prayers and then the punishment to keep an alliterator and all the peas. Let's look first at the seventh trumpet, again in verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half hour, half an hour. Some say, well, um, this is a a pause in anticipation of the uh, trumpet judgment. Well, I, I do not take it that way. I take it as a, a time, this being after the seventh trumpet and seventh vial and the sixth seal. This is at the end, the seventh trumpet ends it all, I believe. And this silence is what we perhaps have experienced. Maybe you've been through a, a tremendous storm or an automobile accident, or something very tragic. And afterwards, immediately, there's just pause. I mean, you just, you walk around like you're in a different world. And I believe this is a reaction because of the judgments that have occurred. It's not an anticipation. Let's look now at the second section, the preparation, and that's in verse number two. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Just very simple statement. Uh, Need very little uh, comment. It's all literal. I saw seven angels standing there before God, and they are given seven trumpets. So that really is the preparation. The preparation. Uh, at, um, continuing again in the ministry of these angels. 
angels, as I've told you before, uh, they're very active in the Old Testament. They're really active in the ministry of Christ when he was here on earth, both good and bad angels. Uh, the announcement to uh, John the Baptist's parents, uh, to Mary, uh, to uh, Joseph, uh, just a lot of times angels appear uh, during the time of Christ. In this age, they're not real uh, active as far as we can see. Now, I believe there are angels today in the world. I believe uh, we actually have, I believe, a guardian angel. Now, don't give me chapter and verse, but I, I believe when you get an understanding of the scriptures. And by the way, when it comes to prophecy, let me say this. Prophecy is, is and, and here the book of Revelation is a book of prophecy, is not a study for the uh, lighthearted or the uh, baby Christian to do on their own. It's not something you get saved this week and begin to teach a series on the book of Revelation the next week. Um, I've been teaching this for over 50 years, and I believe me, I do not know it all. There's a lot I don't know, and, and uh, I'll be the first to admit it. But uh, prophecy, to get a, a proper understanding of the book of Revelation, you have to have the 65 books before a fairly good understanding of the Bible itself because prophecy appears throughout the Word of God and it climaxes here in this, in this book. It all comes to a conclusion here. And once you have an understanding of the Old Testament uh, books, not just the books of prophecy, the book of Genesis is very critical for the understanding of the Bible, particularly those first 11 uh, chapters. And um, you, uh, you just need to have a good Bible knowledge. But that's what the Bible studying will give you if you're faithful and steadfast and you uh, read and you study and you uh, take things uh, literally unless it clearly says it's a figurative statement. Here the preparation is a um, prophecy that in this uh, chapter uh, or verse 2 you can find in, in Jude in fact let me just read you this in the New Testament book of Jude Jude uh, is, has been called and I've called it before in my teachings the uh, threshold book uh, to the uh, book of Revelation it's a like a threshold coming into the study of Revelation but when you read in uh, the book of Jude, of course, there's only the one chapter. But when you look down in verse number 14 of Jude, excuse me, that's not the right. Uh, I got the wrong. I got the wrong verse. I've got the wrong chapter. That's where I'm at. Okay. Now I'm back in Jude. I forget to hit some of these things. It's still better than me trying to shape my way through the pages of my Bible. Uh, I think this is going to help me. It says in verse 14, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. 
the, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their uh, hard speeches which they ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are uh, murmurs and complainers walking after their own lust and uh, their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in ad- admiration because of, of advantage. He mentions here about Enoch prophesying this. Now we don't have a book of Enoch, but that doesn't mean that we're, listen- we're missing any of the Bible. It just was not a canonical or, or inspired scripture, uh, but it was referenced here by Jude. It was evidently uh, like um, the uh, historian, um, brother help me out, the first century historian, Jewish historian that we uh, refer to a lot in history. Josephus, Josephus thank you. Uh, Josephus is not part of the Bible, but it's a good book. First uh, and Second Maccabees, a couple of the uh, apocrypha books. They're certainly not inspired books, but they're helpful and give you a lot of uh, biblical information. But here, Jude, Jude uh, uh, is, is speaking about this same time. Each of these seven angels holds a trumpet. We said it, each have a trumpet, and trumpets in the scripture are used in various ways. Uh, sometimes it is to summons the people to worship. Our Sunday school teacher, Brother Richard, is teaching in the book of Numbers, and he skipped over this. Uh, it was in our lesson book, but we didn't cover it in class. You can't cover all that. But in uh, chapter 10 of Numbers, we have the mention of these trumpets and how there were two of them made of silver, and that they were used, and only the priest had the right or the uh, job of blowing the trumpets. But they were blown for different reasons. Uh, if one trumpet blew, uh, then the uh, elders or the Sanhedrin, the, the advisors to Moses, would gather. If, it blew, if both trumpets blew, then the assembly would gather. Uh, and... Uh, and had a, a blowing to go to war. You remember the book of uh, uh, Joshua where they went into uh, Jericho and they blew the trumpet. And uh, trumpets are used uh, in Scripture. Oftentimes they are used in connection with judgment and that's what it is here. Uh, but they blew them in uh, different occasions in the Old Testament. Uh, the sound of the trumpet uh, in Israel's uh, time indicated that God was about to intervene in their affairs. Uh, God was going to either have them to assemble or go to war or uh, begin their move uh, in their time of uh, wandering or something. But uh, a great uh, final intervention of God is about to take place uh, in these judgments that we read about here. And they are warlike. These trumpets are what we would call a warlike purpose. This is about in the last half of the tribulation period uh, that most of these take place. If you look in your chart again, you'll see that. Now, 
the third section is the prayers, and that's in verses 3 through 5. Um, I've got to keep uh, my eye on this and my eye on that, and I'll be cross-eyed four nights over. I've got to... Um, let me read that verse number two. I think we we uh, skipped that. We got eight. All right, two. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Uh, those are the trumpets. All right, now in verses three and four. Uh, or rather three through five, we have now the prayers. Now listen to this. And another angel, now this is a, another angel, not the trumpet angel, this is a separate angel, came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and and an earthquake. So here we have the prayers. Uh, this is a an angel that some have speculated uh, they think it might be Christ. And the reason they do that is because oftentimes in the Old Testament, Christ would appear as an angel uh, to do a ministry for God the Father. But uh, there you'll find a, a, a difference. There it's always listed the angel of the Lord. There's a definite article there, the angel of the Lord. Now that is a, a flag in the Old Testament to let you know that you're about to read something about a Christophanes, which is appearance of Christ before the, uh, the uh, incarnation and during the Old Testament time. But here, I do not believe this is Christ uh, for the simple reason in this thing here. I mean, I don't know if anybody has enough knowledge about these things to be able to set this thing to where it wouldn't jump off every time I turn my head. Uh, But it says here, and another angel, another. That, That to me right away makes me doubt seriously that this is Christ. There's, There's only one Christ and he's not an angel. He may be the angel of the Lord uh, a pre-incarnate uh, appearance of Christ, uh, but uh, he is not an angel. Here it says very clearly, another angel. And so uh, I do not hold uh, with some who say that it is. It was important that the priest uh, blow uh, these trumpets, you know, with accuracy because uh, when they blew those trumpets, if they blew the wrong signal, they'd be uh, uh, maybe marching when they're supposed to be setting or worshiping or some other function. You know, in modern days, and uh, not too modern, back during the Civil War, trumpets were still used very, very uh, often. 
uh, by the uh, cavalry, uh, both in the Union and in the Confederacy, uh, to move troops, to assemble them, to, to, to uh, call a retreat or to announce a charge or whatever. Uh, but you can imagine what would happen if the guy got up instead of uh, blowing a, a charge, uh, he blew a retreat uh, or something. It, it kind of messed things up. So it's important that these trumpets were, were functioned in a very uh, proper manner. Uh, the point of emphasis here is that the, the prayers of these saints are given efficacy uh, through the incre- uh, incense rather that were added by the angels. Uh, you remember under the fifth seal, back in chapter 6, when we studied about the prayers of the saints under the altar uh, there in verses 9 through 10, and uh, they were praying for uh, God to take vengeance on those uh, who were uh, abusing God's people. This prayer is very similar, but it's at a different time. That prayer was in the, uh, from the saints in the, at the middle of the tribulation, if you recall, uh, at the middle of the tribulation. And this is at the end, I believe. Uh, the point of the emphasis here is that the prayer of the saints are given efficacy with the incense. Now, uh, under the fifth seal, again, there was a similar one, but their petition here is being taken up uh, here by the uh, Jewish remnant on earth uh, during the tribulation. Again, that's why I say it's a different time period. And you can't get too strict on your chronological order when you study the book of Revelation. Uh, because it doesn't just all fit together like you would think or if you were writing it. But this is God's word. God has a purpose for everything. Uh, it is made clear that their prayers uh, have, uh, uh, have a profound connection with the sounding of the trumpets and the coming judgment. That's for certain. The prayers of the saint uh, or the saints in, the, in that day will be f- uh, for vengeance and uh, for God to bring vengeance on those who uh, have uh, not accepted Christ and are living a rebellious life. And uh, this prayer is answered. That's why this is in this position before these trumpet judgments begin. He wants to tell us about this prayer that, that happened. Immediately after the prayer, uh, the judgment's going to ascend, or rather descend. Uh, the altar from which the uh, angel filled the censer uh, with the fire represented a place of judgment. Uh, and if the Lamb of God is rejected, then that's what one can expect. The summary is this, that those in, on the earth in this day that we're reading about here, will ha- they will have rejected the all-sufficient sacrifice and therefore, as we read in Hebrews 10, 26, uh, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but the certain fearful looking of judgment and the fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Uh, all knee will bend one day. They'll not do it today, but they will one day. And this prayer is going to be answered. Now we find... The punishment here in verses 6 through 9, 
it says, boy, I don't like this thing in the way it does. I have to go all the way back into the beginning. Okay, verses 6 through 9. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves. This is why I said I didn't believe that this uh, seventh vow was an uh, introduction to the trumpets because here uh, is your introduction. The, the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Okay, then the first angel sounded. And there followed hell and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And a th- and the third part of trees was burnt up, and the all the green grass was burnt up. So uh, here we have a a uh, judgment where you have one uh, third of the uh, vegetation uh, destroyed. Uh, this leaves a pretty bleak picture here. Uh, you know, it's it, uh, amazing uh, how God judges and so firmly his judgment appears. Uh, the plagues uh, were, were uh, literal. The trumpets, by the way, have a, a, a comparison similarity with the plagues in Egypt. If you study those plagues in Egypt and these seven trumpets, you'll see a lot of, of the curses about the same. Those plagues in Egypt were literal, and these, and these uh, plagues or these judgments are just as literal as they were. There is a big difference, though. Uh, Egypt, uh, their, their um, judgments in Egypt against Pharaoh was for the purpose of saving Israel, where these trumpet judgments are not to save Israel, but to uh, harass or to judge or to bring them to chastisement. Uh, It's a a different purpose uh, that is accomplished here. Uh, It's a serious effect upon uh, the commerce here uh, when it says, uh, make sure I'll have to get back to using my Bible again if if this is going to be the case. Let's go to the second angel. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a a giant mountain burning with fire, was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. In verse 9, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. A lot of thirds here. A third part of the vegetation. Now we have a, a, a judgment where we have a, a mountain. Uh, and it, notice it says, and as it were a great mountain. And that gives us leverage and tells us this is not a literal mountain. This is a, a structure similar to a mountain or would appear to be like a mountain, like a, a, a mass meteor or something of that nature, uh, but a, of, a, of a heavenly uh, type of, a, of an instrument. 
burning with fire. It's cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. Again, that judgment in uh, uh, Egypt was uh, is, is a similar judgment there. And a third part of the creatures which were in the sea, uh, which had life, they died. You read about this in other Old Testament prophecies. Uh, you'll, you'll see it in Jeremiah. And uh, uh, you could look in there and, and see Zechariah, Hosea, Isaiah, uh, different passages you'll find uh, judgments uh, talked about of this judgment. Again, helping you to better understand this particular judgment here. And a third part of the ships, uh, that's a lot of uh, destruction. There's a lot of ships in the ocean today. And to think of a third of them being destroyed. A third of the fish and the living creatures in the sea dying. What a stench that would be. And, and by the way, don't get it in your mind that these judgments are like this and it's over. This, this goes on. The only one that's timed, the only one of the, the judgments, and we'll find it when we get next week's study in chapter 9, is the, uh, I think it's the sixth, uh, the fifth or sixth or fifth, I think it is, a judgment, a trumpet judgment, uh, where you have the scorpions, and that's five months. But none of these others are limited to a specific time. I believe it'll last throughout. These these uh, problems are going to be continuing. And uh, it makes, I think, a little more sense when you realize that the trees are going to burn up. as not going to burn up and then they come back out. No. A third of them is gone. A third of these ships are gone. Uh, the, the, the third of the, the sea water is turned to blood. And uh, we get to that third trumpet and uh, that's what we find, this great uh, mountain burning with fire that's cast into the sea that brings about this destruction. Now, if in verses 10 and 11, we get into the third trumpet, and it says, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star. Here's another heavenly uh, feature here now. And there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were as a lamp or as it were yeah burning as it were as a lamp and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains and the waters and the name of the star is called wormwood and the third part of the waters became wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter now, you think of this judgment here. Here again is a, a meteor or something coming down and, and perhaps passing over these fresh, now it's the fresh water. The, the other was the, the, the blood was the salt water. Now, this is the fresh water. This is all the springs, all the fresh rivers and springs and uh, well water and so forth. Uh, it says here, a third of that has become bitter, and and it talks about this wormwood being the name of this star, 
Wormwood is bitterness, and this is a, uh, actually they say in, in the Middle East there's a shrub or a plant that's called wormwood, and the root of that plant is very bitter, and it can cause drunkenness and actually then death. And if you remember when Christ hung on the cross, they gave him to drink vinegar and gall. That gall was the same type thing. He would not accept it. They offered it to him, and he did not accept it. But here, this wormwood is this uh, thing. Now, and I think about this. This is a star. Notice, and a, and a, and a great star. This is a star. God put those stars in space. And, and you know, not too many years ago, maybe the middle of the last century or so, um, men thought they knew all how many stars there were. Well, they know now they cannot number the stars. They're beyond number, but God knows how many there are. In fact, Job tells us that he has given them a name. And this name of this star, he tells us, was Wormwood. He said, come on, Wormwood, do your work. And he comes, just like he said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, Wormwood, come on down here. That's what happens. It's, it's amazing how little man knows and how much he thinks he knows. I, I think about the um, news uh, the ridiculous news that we listen to. I heard on the news that, um, uh, is it uh, Gates or the one that had Microsoft? Is that Gates? Who? I don't know. Anyhow, he, he was a founder of Microsoft, one of the founders, worth billions of dollars, one of the wealthiest men in the world. One time was the wealthiest man in the world. He has given $2 billion to people to come up with a, 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 a way that they could block the sun. To keep it from being so hot and causing all this uh, uh, problems with the uh, climate. Yeah, that's, that shows you how smart man thinks he is. And uh, they also talk about, of course, this uh, uh, heat, uh, you know, the, the getting the world getting hotter and hotter and all that stuff. It's going to burn up, and God's going to do the burning. It's, it's, and I'll guarantee you one thing. I'll take you to the bank and give you every dime I have if you can show to me that this is wrong. But the... Um, the fact is that I'll give you written guarantee that this world will not burn up for at least 1,007 years. Okay? Now, that's the Bible I base that on. And I'll put my whole life on what the Bible says. And that little bit of money I have in the bank wouldn't bother me, but I stake my life on that. This uh, uh, angel it sounded and it fell, a great star fell from heaven. And it was, as it says, as it were a lamp. 
and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains and waters. That's the fresh water. And the name of the star was called Wormwood, and therefore a third part of the water became Wormwood, uh, uh, which again is bitter, and many men died of the water because they were made bitter. Now, we go to the fourth, in the last few verses really, the fourth trumpet, and uh, we read this in verses 12 and 13. Okay? And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst. Let's just hold that a minute. Let's just get back to verse number 12 there. This is the fourth trumpet. You go back into Genesis and on creation, you'll remember it was the fourth day of creation that God put these heavenly bodies in, in existence, the stars, the moon, uh, uh, the, the sun. And uh, he put them up there. He put them in a, in a uh, movement that only God could have done that you can set your clocks by, the solar time, as they say, and uh, it's so precise. And he says that he's going to cause a third part of their illumination to cease. That's four hours in the night and four hours in the day. That's what a third part would be. If you figured it up, 24 hours in a day, divide by three, that's six, so three hours, I said four, three hours and three hours would be the, the time because it was day and night. And uh, again, this is not just for one day or two days. I believe this is going to last throughout that time until these, these judgments are finished and Christ comes back. These are going to be affecting this world. This, this world's going to live under these conditions. And these are, again, brought uh, in order to uh, cause Israel to uh, get their stiff neck straight and turn to God and, and quit their foolishness. In verse 13 it says, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet uh, of the three angels which are yet the sound. These here are the called the woe judgments. These are the last three trumpets. Chapter 8 and chapter 9 gives us the trumpets, except the seventh, and I've already told you that's on back in the chapter 11 or so. Now, uh, here we have the woe judgments. These woe judgments are so severe 
and, and we're going to begin it in next week in chapter 9 with that fifth trumpet as that woe, first of the woe judgments, and then the sixth. We're only covered two of them next week. They're longer in, in uh, text than this. Here we have but 13 verses, and we covered four trumpets. We covered the seventh uh, seal. We've covered the, uh, the prayers and the introduction and all that in just 13 verses. And that there we're going to have uh, a lot more verses. I don't know. Just Let's just see here how many there are. There's um, 21 verses in that ninth chapter. So you see you have almost twice as many verses that cover just two of the judgments. But they are very severe. And they're going and the last one, the seventh, is even more severe, and it's going to be very similar to that sixth seal judgment, as we've already studied. Now, just going back over this tonight, uh, and I have a little bit of time here in which to do this, and I I hope that this will um, Whoever that was fell asleep. I don't hope it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. It fell down. <laughs> this um, this chapter uh, number seven is somewhat uh, controversy in the sense that again they try to co- uh, connect that seal to the trumpet, and they say it's the introduction, and then they say that the same thing with the trumpets. They say the seals come out of the trumpets. I don't believe they do. I believe they're, like, like I said before, like a one, two, three punch. Uh, You've got, you got the seals, you got the trumpets, and you got the vows, or the bold judgments. And they're similar. They, they, you read them together, and the outline that I gave you on that little chart, and you'll see that they're similar together. They, they start with uh, less severity and gets worse and worse as time goes through. In between those judgments, you have these parentheses. That's really uh, difficult for people to uh, get an understanding because, uh, first of all, most people, when they write, they don't use parentheses uh, where the Bible does. And sometimes you'll see it throughout the Bible, parentheses, and they'll show a parentheses. And it'd be wise for you to take note of those parentheses in the other scriptures that you read because it'll help you get a, a proper understanding of that passage. But the Bible as a whole and the book of Revelation as a whole, you have these parentheses that appear that will cause... Uh, you to know more about what the tribulation is happening, what's happening in the tribulation, but it will not be carrying that narrative. When you go back, and let's just take a moment, we have it. Let's go back to chapter 6. Chapter 6. And uh, one more. And go back to that sixth seal. And I'll show you what I mean. The sixth seal begins in verse 12 of chapter 6. And I beheld when he, he, he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, 
there was a great earthquake and the sun began, became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman had them hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? Now, I don't see how you could read that and think that that's just one of the sealed judgments and all these other things. That's it. That's the conclusion. And, and to help you to understand it, you use that little chart. And you go to chapter 7. You keep that in mind, what I just read. And you go to that first verse. And after these things, I saw... Uh, oh, not 7, 8. Uh, the seventh seal... And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour because it's all over. It's over. All the judgments, the the, uh, seals, the trumpets, the vows, and when you read those last judgments, that sixth judgment along with the seventh seal, the seventh trumpet that uh, that we're going to read, all of these are descriptive of the time when Christ comes back, when his judgment's finished. Again, listen to what it says. It says here, and the second angel sounded, oh, excuse me, I go back. And the kings of the earth and the great men and all these people crying out, had the rocks to fall down on them. And it says, and, it, and uh, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's how that closes. Uh, that's the end. But if you can't get your mind in order of the sequence, that's why it's so confusing. Now, I think as we go on uh, further with the trumpets, and then we have, again, intermissions, or rather, uh, <laughs> we have uh, the parentheses where you have these other bits of information. Chapter 7 told us about the 144,000 in detail. And, and we know more about it now because it's chapter 7. But it didn't have anything to do with these judgments, nor were these other parentheses. But it will give you explanation that you'll be able to get it all together. Don't try to build Rome in a day. <laughs> Don't try to get all this at one time. I, I'm just taking this time uh, tonight because I, I want you to uh, not get discouraged or overwhelmed uh, when we get into these because 
chapter 8 and 9, they're going to begin these trumpet judgments. And then we're going to go to parenthesis again. Then we're going to come back for that seventh trumpet. Then you're going to have your vial judgments. And then it's going to bust up again. And you, it's, you just have to keep that in mind as you do that order. Do you have any questions on that part? Uh, sometimes I'm about as clear as mud, I know, because I, I, um, I'm thinking of one thing and saying another, and uh, that doesn't help. Well, I feel good that we got done in about five minutes early, I believe, no, seven minutes early, and so I want, don't you think I give you that? I just put that in the bank, because one night we may uh, have to take seven minutes, and then I won't be taking any of your time, okay? All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, tonight as we come, Lord, with our uh, minds uh, on your word, Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit will give us the understanding.